You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 180. In this episode, I'm speaking to Lauren Talmeyer about copycats and what to do about them. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Lauren Dahlmeier, who has been on the show before to talk about her business, Formula Botanica where she teaches students from all over the world how to create their own skincare and hair care products. Lorraine has had to deal with a lot of copycats in her business, so I asked her to come on the show to talk about her experience and what you can do when you discover that someone has copied you. In the show notes of this episode, you'll find five types of copycats Lorraine mentions and her 10-step action plan. Go to sigma.com forward slash 180 for the show notes, and there you'll also find links to Formula Botanica. I'm so excited to be here with Lauren Dalmeyer. She's coming for the second time on the show, but now to a completely different topic. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show, Lorraine. Thank you for having me again. It's so lovely to be back. So Lauren and I, we know each other. Was it, is it three years already? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yes, three wow. years. Time flies when you're having fun <laughs> building your business. And we're together in a mastermind. So we know a bit more about each other and each other's businesses than maybe the outside world does. And the topic of copycats came up in our Mastermind Facebook group. And something that has happened to me, happened to you. Uh, it was also a topic coming up with my clients. And I was like, hey, we need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so... When is the first time that happened to you that you discovered that somebody was taking something from either your website or from a, one of your courses? Let's go all the way back. I think the first time this ever happened to me was when I'd just taken over Formula Botanica and I was online looking at some Facebook pages and I came across this Facebook page and it had a little video on there of this woman who was teaching DIY skincare and she had taken some of the graphics off our website and put them in her video. But worse than that, this is the real kicker. Some of the graphics in this video actually had our logo on them. <laughs> so I'm watching her video and I'm seeing all these little graphics compiled, and I'm thinking those look familiar. And then suddenly they slide up into the screen and <laughs> there's the Formula Botanica logo. Now I was totally dumbfounded. I just sat there going, I can't believe this. But I wrote to her and I said, look, you can't do this. You know, you've got our logo in your video advertising your products. Clearly you can't do that. And she wrote back to me and said, I'm so sorry, I've taken it down. I won't do it again. And it was all resolved very easily. But that was, I think, the first time it had ever really happened to me. And it was a bit of a shock at the time, definitely. Yeah. Did the person then uh, continue doing her business and she just uh, refrained from taking your stuff? Like, did you follow the, her path a bit? Yeah, I obviously watch. I like to watch these things. And she stopped doing it after that. And that was just a, a simple thing that was resolved easily. But 
some people might take that really badly and not say anything and sit there stewing about it and leave lots of rants on social media. But I'm glad that we don't work that way. So I just approached her. We had a, a civil conversation about it. I said, you've got to stop doing this. She went, okay. And then she stopped doing it. So that was, I think, my first taster of copycats on the internet. But obviously, as we've grown, and I think that's really what we're going to talk about today, it, the bigger you get, the more you experience this. And I don't think any of our followers have any idea of the level of copying that we deal with on a daily basis and the stuff that we come up against. But it's a, an, a necessary evil, I suppose, really, of, of growing a sizable business. Yeah, we've learned a lot from it over the, the last few years, that's for sure. Yes. You know, maybe there are copycats lingering out there. I've had people create very similar websites. So some people will send me emails or messages and say, somebody stole your website. And I go and take a look and they have the same theme. And yes, there are a lot of similarities, but it's hard to do something about it, really, because, you know, it's out there. But once I had the experience that somebody took the whole work with me page, the full copy, even that she had studied architecture and had an MBA from London Business School. <laughs> no, that's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, and uh, turned out the person was still in my free Facebook group. Wow. So I what tagged her. I really debated with myself because I'm not the one to, you know, I like you said, a civil conversation is the best way to go. But there was something about her Facebook page with 100,000 followers, but no interaction that made me think, hmm, I'm going to out her here in the group. So I tagged her and said, why did you copy my website, <laughs> you know, in the group? And I no, my team did it. And, you know, there were all these excuses. And of course, she removed herself from the group and she took the page down and that was it. But <laughs> that was a different approach. And uh, maybe that was just because of the way I saw everything about her page and website being a copycat and wanting to kind of like, hey, it doesn't look good in a group if you do this. No, absolutely. And I think when you have a large business and you have lots of customers, you'll start to see a lot of copying from your customers. And we've certainly seen it amongst our community. But as you say, they start to self-police themselves. So we had one of our graduates take our course materials and translate them into another language and put them on their blog as articles that they've written. And someone else from our community in that country stumbled across her blog read these articles thought hang on a minute <laughs> i just bought a course that contains exactly this information compared the course notes with the blog post and then immediately wrote to us and said look your course material is being translated here and passed off as someone else's work in a different language and we wrote to her at the time and said you've got to take this down but yeah you start to see it in your own communities quite a lot I mean, recently we also had one of our graduates read out our course materials word for word on an audio file for an online course. And I was listening to this audio file and I opened up our own course materials and I was following them along side by side going, wow, <laughs> they're identical. So yeah, it, it happens all the time, unfortunately. But I think what we want to talk about today is the ways of dealing with it and what to look for when you're dealing with copycats, because I'm sure... All of your listeners at some point will experience this. Yeah. And at the same time, I want to say, don't use this as an excuse or a reason not to go into online business. <laughs> I hear that sometimes that people are worried they're just putting them some out there because of copycats. But it's just like you have the, the Stripe fees and the PayPal fees. It's a part of business. 
It is, it is. And you mustn't let it knock you down. And in fact, sometimes you even have to start looking at it as a positive. And I know that's quite a warped way of looking at it, but almost congratulate yourself and say, I have a copycat. And because I have a copycat means that someone thinks that my stuff is better than anything they would be able to create themselves. And that means I'm the best, at least in this particular sphere. And I certainly view it as a badge of honor almost. So don't let it put you off. You must never let these things put you off. And if it happens to you, you mustn't let it um, turn you into a victim either, because I've seen this happen to people as well. You know, they get copied and they just curl up into a ball and they can't move any further. And you mustn't let that happen either. You just have to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep going. It's the only way. Exactly. So you have created or compiled for us <laughs> different types of copycats or how to deal with them. I have. I've thought long and hard about the different types of copycats that we've dealt with over the years. So I've made a list of the five types of copycats in the marketplace, according to Lorraine. So here we go. Let's go. <laughs> right. So number one, and this is starting at the lowest end of the scale. So number one is people who take artistic license or inspiration from someone else. We are all guilty of this at some point. In fact, this can sometimes be a good thing because, you know, you've seen that there's a, a demand in the market for a product or a service and you're then creating your own version of something that already exists. And uh, this happens to us regularly. You know, people come to us and they're like, you teach online skincare courses. We're going to teach online skincare courses too. And then we have a little chuckle to ourselves and we're like, okay, we've made it look really, really easy. Off you go. Good luck. <laughs> you have no idea of the pain and suffering and the huge machine that goes on behind the background. And there's not much you can do about this because, you know, basically you are being an inspiration. But I remember I took an online course back in 2013. I saw the pros and cons of the course and I thought to myself, I could create a better course. Well, I guess people always think that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And this is capitalism, you know, this is how capitalism works. And it can go a little bit too far sometimes, but um, I think in general, we are all guilty of this. So this is the lowest end of the scale. So number two is people who copy little bits here and there and do it sneakily. And again, this is very common. And I think probably also has been done by virtually everyone at some point. You often see people copy a sentence from a blog or even, you know, at university, if you're using scientific research papers, you might just take a sentence, put a reference in, whatever. This is just a little bit here and there. Very common. This, again, does not keep me awake at night and nor should it keep anyone else awake at night either. This happens to us all the time. Yeah. It's also a little bit like when people use quotes and do not put in the author it does annoy me when I know the author and I see other person doesn't that's a little example but that's pretty much what you're referring to but you're not going to hire a lawyer for no <laughs> you get thrown out of court if you even tried so this is not the end of the world then we're moving up another level number three is people who copy whole materials and then pretend that they've created them so this could be blog posts course lessons images web pages videos that sort of thing. Podcasts, you know, they literally copy everything. I've had people transcribe my video scripts and read them out as their own. You know, at that point, it's starting to get annoying. <laughs> at this point, you have to step in and you have to go and talk to the other party. And that's quite uncomfortable because you say to them, hey, you know, what you're doing here is wrong. We created this. You had access to it. You then created something that looks and feels pretty much the same. Sometimes it is a word-for-word -word copy even. 
you've got to stop this. And in my experience, very unfortunately, people get very angry when they get caught out and they tend to lash out at you. And we've had this quite a few times now. So the, the example of the person copying our course materials and translating them into blog posts, you know, this person got really angry with us and she lashed out at us and she was like, I will never promote you again. It got ugly. And it's not the first time and it won't be the last time because people feel very uncomfortable when they get found out and they don't like that one little bit. So this is a tough one. So instead of admitting the guilt and saying, I'm sorry, uh, it's the opposite reaction. Absolutely. Or they'll admit it, but they'll just say, I've done nothing wrong and uh, go away. And they <laughs> might threaten you or they might be nasty to you. It doesn't always happen, but in our experience, it has generally been quite negative. But you still have to reach out. You cannot let it just be and say, well, I'm, I'm not going to reach out because this person is going to be angry. So I don't want angry people in my life. So let me not do it. It does take a lot of emotional stress and energy and it's not pleasant. And this is where my plan, my 10 step plan in a minute will come into it. <laughs> so at this point, it's starting to get a little bit more uncomfortable. So then number four is people who copy your entire business idea or brand. And this is obviously truly awful. And at this point, you have to start thinking about taking legal action if you can. At this point, you should also be thinking about whether you have trademarks in place or patents, depending on what it is you're selling. In some parts of the world, you can copyright materials as well. Here in the UK, your materials are by default copyrighted if you produce them. But I think in the US, you can even register your own copyrights. And that is obviously another painful legal process to go through, but it's worthwhile investing in because if you can protect your brand, then you can put yourself in a really good place. And our lawyer was telling me a while ago about two nightclub owners here in the UK. One of them was already trading in London and the other one was on the south coast of England and they opened up with the same name. But the guys who were trading in London didn't have their name trademarked. Then the guys on the south coast trademarked the name. So when the nightclub in London decided to open up a second branch somewhere else in the UK, they were stopped from doing so. Because even though they had the name first and they were already trading, they hadn't trademarked it, so they couldn't expand their business any further. So it is definitely a good idea to do that. And, you know, I've heard from some of the big online marketers as well, like Marie Folio, I was reading this article, which I think you shared with me, yes, actually. Yes, I shared it with you when we were discussing about doing this episode. Exactly. And she was saying she'd had her whole website copied, word for word, photo for photo. And at this point, you need to think about taking legal action. So this is quite an uncomfortable one. But we haven't reached the worst one yet. Oh, <laughs> we haven't reached the worst one. I was just going to say, it was actually Marie Forleo's online course I took in 2013. And I thought to myself, uh, you know, even if it's a great course, I thought to myself, oh, I would love to create something similar. But I didn't. I didn't. But I saw other participants of her course go off and create something very similar. And, you know, their students may or may not know that it's a copy uh, and yes, maybe it was not copied word for word, but there's so much of the work already done. You know, somebody's done the market research, somebody's done the research, what's included in the course, and you just go enough and copy it. I think that's, that's horrible. So I didn't, and uh, I'm very glad I didn't, you know, <laughs> of course you don't, but the thought comes up that you could create something similar. Yeah. And your followers love you for it because you've created your own thing. And that will make your business much stronger in the long run, of course, which is great. So now we come to the very worst type of copycat. Da, da, da. There's anything worse than what you've mentioned before? Yeah, I know. 
So these are people who try to confuse your customers into thinking that they are you. And this is awful. So at this point, they might be creating their own materials, but they're naming them and branding them and marketing them in such a way that they're creating confusion in the marketplace. And in legal terms, this is called passing off. Passing off? You have to explain further because this is relatively new to me. <laughs> so to give you an example, we have a copycat. I'm not naming any names. And last year, someone came, I can't log into my e-learning platform. What's happened? And obviously our help desk team, they were mortified. They were very apologetic. They're going, I'm so sorry. We're going to help you out. Don't worry. We'll get you into your course. Give us your name and email address. So these people, I mean, it happened multiple times. They gave us their names, their email addresses, and we were searching through all our systems and we couldn't find them anywhere. And they were going, Lorraine, we've, we've gone through PayPal, we've gone through the credit card system, we've gone through our CRM, we've gone through everything we've got. We can't find these people. What's going on? And so I said, we're going to have to ask them for an order number. This is awful. I don't understand. Maybe we had a tech hiccup that day. So sorry that this happened. So we went back to these people, multiple people, and said to them, give us your order number. And then they would forward us an email from a different company. And yeah, I know. And we'd have to go back to them and say, you didn't buy a course from us. And at this point, they would be mortified, embarrassed, apologetic. And they'd be like, I'm so sorry. I really thought that I'd bought a course from you. So someone is out there not naming any names, passing themselves off almost as us and creating massive confusion in the marketplace. So from a legal perspective, now I think they're passing themselves off, whether a lawyer would agree with me, I don't know. But from a legal perspective, in order for passing off to be demonstrated, there have to be four main aspects. So the first one is there's a buildup of your reputation and goodwill in the marketplace. So you have a brand, it's strong, people know who you are. The second one is then a misrepresentation by another party of your brand or products. So someone is then copying your brand, they're copying your products, they're making it sound as if their products are yours. Then you have to demonstrate confusion in the marketplace, like I just mentioned, which would come from their customers, your customers, people not understanding where they bought a product. And then there has to be loss or likelihood of loss to occur. So that could mean either lost revenue, but it could also mean, for instance, that if your copycat's customer service is really bad or their business crashes, that this could also damage your reputation in the marketplace by causing confusion. Those are the four sort of test points that you have to go through in order to demonstrate passing off. And it's horrible and it happens all the time. And at this point, you have a legal case against someone if you can demonstrate those four points, which is not nice. No, that's not nice at all. So... You say for the other, these were five different types of copycats. And in the first two instances, well, there's not much we can do. We just kind of need to live with it. Yeah. And we're all guilty of it to a certain degree at some point, probably. Yeah. And number three, when people start to, you know, copy our stuff, we send a friendly letter or message or email. At what point do you use cease and desist? You know, this form of a legal letter potentially from a lawyer? That's up to you, really. I don't think anyone has a, a firm line in the sand. It depends on how much effort you want to put into it, how much emotional time and investment you want to put into it, and also how much money you want to spend because lawyers are not cheap. So to give you an example, I hired a lawyer for a completely different reason about three years ago. And I asked this person to write a letter for me and uh, he wrote a letter. In fact, no, I wrote most of the letter. <laughs> 
I wrote most of this letter. He worked together with another, another lawyer on it. And then I had to pay a thousand pounds to have the letter written and sent. And I felt really indignant after that because I thought, you know, this is a thousand pounds. I've done most of the work. I don't understand why I'm paying this much money. That was just a letter. So be prepared that if you want to go down this route, you're going to have to have deep pockets. But the bigger your company gets, you'll have to set aside a budget for legal fees every year if you want to take this seriously. Now, on the other hand, you can also say, look, I'm going to be copied. It's going to happen. As long as my brand is strong and I'm doing well, I won't do anything about it. That's another way of looking at it. But you have to make a decision as a business owner as to what you feel is the right move for you. And there will come a tipping point for you. And for some people, that will be early on in the process. And for others, that will be really late. But there will come a tipping point that you think, I can't take this anymore. This has to stop and I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, I think as a business owner, you need to take some kind of action. Otherwise, you are basically you know, harming your own business. You are, you know, we have created assets, whether it's our website or online courses or our brand, these are assets. And if we allow others to, you know, step on them and and, (laughs) treat us, uh, you know, yeah, like a mat, basically, and we don't do anything about it, then, you know, who are we to deserve uh, success and all these clients in the marketplace if we don't uh, respect our brand and our business? True. Yeah, absolutely. I quite agree. So I've created a 10 step plan, a plan of positivity for preparing yourself for dealing with copycats, because you need a plan. You can't just let this happen to you because if you let it happen to you, then every time it will catch you by surprise and you will be emotionally invested in it and it will drain you and it will take you away from all the really cool, positive stuff you could be doing in the business. So step one, depending on the severity of the situation, you have to write to your copycat and in very clear terms, tell them what they've done is not okay and to remove it. Because sometimes, and we've found this quite a few times, people don't even realize that what they've done is wrong. And so like the the example I gave of the lady who made the video with our logos in it, she hadn't even considered that that was wrong. And she immediately said, I'm taking it down. I'm so sorry, it won't happen again. And that was that. And it was uncomfortable to have to approach her, but it was very easily resolved. So don't be scared about stepping up and talking to copycats if it's a manageable situation. Step two ties into that. Create a standard template for what you're going to say in different situations. So if someone is using your logo or if someone has taken some images from your website or whatever, have some standard templates ready because that means you're not going to have to write the same text each time because it will happen more than once, the more successful you are. And you don't have to drag yourself through that emotional turmoil of writing that strongly worded letter, of trying to figure out what to do. It's not pleasant having to go through these situations. So if you have templates ready to go, you'll make yourself a lot happier with it because you can just copy paste. Yeah. It's less to think about and less like, you know, (laughs) loss of sleep is (laughs) avoided. Exactly, because it really can give you loss of sleep if you let it wind you up too much, but we'll come to that. Number three, delegate to a member of your team if you have a team. Because in my experience, the more caught up you are in the situation, the less objective you will be. And if you have a team member who can keep their cool in different situations, then you can ask them to be the main spokesperson. And it then also distances you slightly from the copycat situation, which is good because if you're running your business, you need to be focused on running, growing, developing it. You don't want to be dragged down into these situations each time. So you need to empower your team. 
So we had an HR meeting with some of our team members in London a few weeks ago. And one of our team members gave a presentation to everyone else on how to deal with difficult situations. And so she's made a plan. This is how we're going to do it. And it feels empowering to have that, you know, because now every time that we deal with a difficult situation, we'll know exactly how to handle it. So number four is trademark your brand and your logo, as well as any assets that go with it. And you might not be able to trademark globally, but if you have some protection in the main countries where you sell, then at least you're slightly protected. And it gives you also a stick to go to someone with. So you can say, well, hang on a minute, I actually own the trademark on this. Did you know that what you're doing is wrong? It really, really helps. So consider doing that. And it will be a financial investment at the start, which you might not want to put any money into, but it is worth having. And I, I really do strongly uh, recommend that. So number five is invest in brand awareness. Now, in an ideal world, you want your community to police copycats for you, which I think you mentioned even earlier on, didn't you? And we have started to see this too. So some members of our community will see some of our assets being copied around the internet. They will come to us because our brand is strong and it's something that people recognize. So people know what we stand for. And that is really important. And this is part of the positive element of growing your business, yeah, right? It's actually good. Yeah. Exactly. This is the fun part of running a business, if you like branding and marketing at least. So the sixth one is put things into perspective. The world has not ended. And I think this is important because you'll feel incredibly hurt by what's happened, but you can't let it get you down in the long run. So my advice is have a rant about it, get it out of your system and then move on because you have to get back to building your business. And I've seen people totally crumble under this and then not stand up again. And you mustn't let that happen. You have to turn that negativity into positivity and then get on with doing great things for your business. Number seven is not onto social media and rant about it. <laughs> have you seen people do this? Well, yeah, I totally feel it also when sometimes it's between the lines. People are kind of talking about someone without talking about someone. But if that person is reading that post or reading that email you send out or I don't have a good feeling about when you go publicly with things like this, unless it's more like we are doing now, we are not ranting. We're talking about these are facts of running a business. Uh, this is what's going to happen. This is how you can deal with it. Maybe why is it happening and, you know, how can you prevent this? You know, like you said, with a strong brand uh, and talking about this, like we're doing on the podcast today, is probably to kind of make people aware that they can't copy an image or take a piece of a script or download this podcast episode, have it transcribed or, or like some people have even, I've seen people suggesting to my clients, can't you translate Somba into German? publicly on Facebook and I saw it and I, you know, and then my client answers, no, we will not do that. But they were honest, wow. probably honest people that had no idea what they were saying. I'm totally shocked. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So don't go onto social media because that online anger and that online passive aggressiveness that you just talked about, it will reflect badly on you because you are not a victim. And you have to avoid all language of victimization because this has not been done to you. It is just a necessary evil of running a business. And if you start to go on about it too much, you, you might even end up looking like a bully because you might be sort of almost victimizing the other party. Don't go down that rabbit hole. 
if you go onto social media, just steer well clear of actually talking about it. And we don't talk about it either because, you know, I'd be on there every day going, oh my God, look at what happened now. And people would not want to follow me. They'd just feel this, all this negativity coming off me, which would be horrible. So just deal with these situations smoothly behind the scenes and it will reflect better on you. If you're in a mastermind group and that's what mastermind groups are great for, then you can go into the group and rant about, you know, things happening to you. Oh, there's another copy and this is what I had to do today but these this is your mastermind these are your business friends and that's that's a contained you know environment and nobody's gonna share outside the group what what's happening in the group and of course we need to rant somewhere <laughs> yes I quite agree and I think it's good to have that network of people you can go to so I often talk to you guys <laughs> like I've had the worst possible day and I'm not going to talk about it on Facebook, but I am going to talk to you about it because I know you'll listen and sympathize. Yeah. <laughs> and then we say, oh my God, that's so bad. And and basically it's just about us kind of wenting and then moving on with our business. Exactly. So number eight, remember that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and make yourself stronger because of all these experiences. So I had this recently again. What I did was I went onto my copycat's website and I then redesigned everything we had to make it even more different and even better. And I've made this my general way of working. So they try and copy me, I change again. And I just keep building and I have a little laugh to myself every single time it happens because I'm like, ha ha, you can't catch me <laughs> because they're always trying to figure out what you're doing next rather than coming up with their own ideas always behind you and you mustn't forget that so what doesn't kill you makes you stronger then the ninth step is to and this isn't such a nice one but find a lawyer so that you can work with someone when things do get bad and it's obviously the least desirable option because it's expensive but if you have a legal counsel that you can work with and they know you know that they have your back when you really really need it then you will go into situations feeling more confident as well and you can sometimes get some advice. Is this the right type of letter to send? And a few minutes of advice here and there generally won't break the bank. So if you have someone you can call on, a commercial lawyer that you know well, you can also build up a relationship with them. And as your business grows, there will probably be other legal jobs that you have for them too. So it's good to have a relationship with a commercial lawyer for your brand. Yeah, and I think that's something you should think about early in your business. And I did start to think about it right away. I hired someone locally to just write my documents to found the company. But then immediately I started to look for someone who knew something about online business. And I looked for probably two years, you know, from time to time, not all the time. But I was like asking in Facebook groups and I got some suggestions and they were never a good fit. But then I found someone. And he has done a webinar with me. He's come on my podcast. You know, I haven't even had to hire him, but I know who to go to when I need one. And so I suggest you, you are ready and not, you know, searching for someone once something happens. Be ready for that. Yeah, exactly. It's part of your plan. You are now a business owner, so you need to have a plan for how you're going to deal with this. And the 10th step is congratulate yourself because you now have a copycat. And you're a successful brand owner. You're so successful that someone has copied you. So remember that your copycat feels that what you've produced is better than anything they could produce. So they have already admitted to themselves that they can't beat you by being better than you. 
And this means that they will always be 10 steps behind you and they will never be able to catch up with you because they're always behind you. I love that one. Wow. <laughs> yes. I love that one. That ends with such positivity because you, I'm wondering all the time what kind of people do this, you know, especially take it so far. They don't believe in themselves. And you do. And that's why you are always going to win out and be more successful. So you've got to turn that negativity into positivity and just keep driving forward with your own ideas and your own creativity. And you'll soon be so far off into the distance that they'll never, ever catch up with you. And they will always be sat there going, what is this person doing next? How can I copy them? You win. That's the way you've got to look at it. It's a painful badge of honor. <laughs> Yes, you win. Exactly. <laughs> this is a fantastic plan. We will uh, have this all in the show notes because I know when you're discussing a plan, I, I'm one of those people that I listen to something like an audio and I'm like, oh, what did they say? I need to always see it written down. So we'll have it all in the show notes and we'll link back to your website, of course, Formula Botanica. Very successful. And of course, people like to copy people that are successful, but you're always going to be 10 steps ahead. Exactly. Don't ever forget that. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been fantastic to talk about this. Yeah, interesting topic, let's say. <laughs> exactly. I hope you get lots of listeners because I'm sure everyone has dealt with this at some point. So thank you very much for having me, Sigrun. In the show notes of this episode, you'll find five types of copycats Lauren mentions and her 10-step action plan. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 180 for the show notes and there you'll also find links to Formula Botanica. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.